And we're recording. A fun business has a clear niche and dominates it. Small business masterminds about niche marketing, finding your market. Or as I say, um, how about having your customers all to yourself? Swimming in a clear pool with no one but you and your favorite customers and none of these sharks called competitors anywhere nearby. Um, so here we go. This is what today's webinar and the masterminds is going to be looking like. Um, this is because it, it's one of my favorite topics. I have a lot of favorite topics, but this is definitely also one of them. And it's also one that I could go on for about for hours and hours. So, um, you know, be indulgent. Um, towards the end of the webinar, three quarters of the way through, I'm going to give you some information about the various next small and large steps that you can take with me if you want to take one of those steps. If it suits you, if it's right for you, that's great. Um, I'll give you some information how you can do that. Um, totally up to you. I trust that's okay with you. Um, a couple of things about being on a webinar. It's been proven time and time again that passively sitting here and listening to someone talking means you're going to get 90%, 90% of what you've heard in less than a week. So if you want to get as much return on your on your time, you know, on your time of being here, um, then being part of this webinar, you need to you need to participate. You really do. And the best way to ensure that you're focused and participating is by working through the worksheets that um, I've prepared for you that you can get down from that landing page at the top of the chat screen uh, chat screen there. Uh, go and download it. But but above all, more important than anything else, is to ask questions. If you can, you can do so in the chat window <clears throat> or um, you can put up your hand. Um, if you click you sh the top bar of the, of, the, of the webinar screen, there's an interact button. Click on that button and you'll see there's a raise a hand. Yes, no. Speed up, supposed <laughs> speed up or slow down if you want me to do either of those. Um, but yes, if you raise your hand, if you have a question, please do so and I'll, uh, I'll, get to you. I can take people off mute if that seems useful, but I really do so. Um, the moment I start taking people off mute in these webinars, then we tend to get these annoying confusions about, oh, can you hear me? Oh, what's that background noise? Oh, can you? It's, that's just... So much better generally, if you've got a question, you've got a comment to make, feedback, whatever you want to say, um, uh, type it in the chat window, just like Bianca just did. Um, where you typed in the question, how, where can I, where can I download the, the worksheets? Um, in that chat window, at the top of that chat window, I've, there's a link there. The link says http colon slash slash tiny.cc forward slash market L page. If you click on that link, that'll take you to the landing, the uh, work, the webinar landing page and i think the second or third link on that page is a as a pdf to download the worksheet so um i hope that makes sense bianca anybody else got a problem with that ah, ah bianca has found the interact button she put her thumb up very good excellent thanks bianca um i hope you'll find it soon right so that's the thing about questions <clears throat> any other questions about uh, how this webinar thing works let me know um we are recording 
And these are all the things I hope you don't do while you're on the webinar. I really suggest you don't do. Um, because if you do, you're just simply not going to get the value from here. The, it's not going to be as useful for you. It's not going to, you're not going to pick up what you need to pick up. Um, while being on this webinar, you simply can't multitask. Multitasking is a myth. Absolutely. Um, you heard it here first. You don't need to tell your husbands, uh, um, the women on this <laughs> webinar, you don't have to tell them you can maintain the myth that women can multitask and he can't. <laughs> but honestly, women can't multitask either. So be on the webinar or be on LinkedIn but, or Facebook, but don't be on both. Um, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to check in where you are around this whole topic of a niche market. Um, we're going to talk about managing by crossing your fingers, keeping your fingers crossed. We're going to talk about competing on price and why competing on price is a dog's game. Let's talk about the three questions about people and the three questions about your niche. Um, we're going to talk about um, why differentiating is so important and what it means. Some examples of differentiation. I'm going to read you one of my business bedtime stories, talk to you about my own story, tell you about my own story. I'm going to reflect on all the lessons and insights that uh, of the webinar. I'm going to give you that special offer I talked to you about uh, that I mentioned, a special offer to take a few minutes and next steps. Um, and then we're going to get take action. Take action because without action, ain't nothing going to happen. Um, like I said, any questions, please ask. So this is me. For those of you who haven't met me yet, for those of you who haven't had the pleasure of uh, meeting me yet, this is my handsome, smiling face. I truly am that handsome. Honestly, you can trust me on that. I'm a business coach, and I um, and I'm so I'm Ronald Henniker, and I'm a business coach, and a mentor, and a speaker, and author, um, all round great guy, obviously. And um, I help small business owners become less daunted and less overwhelmed in their lives as business owners, and instead to have business um, have make business fun again, and to build businesses that sustain them for years to come. And the topic. Um, of today is to how to build a niche, how to differentiate yourself um, from the competition, how to go out on your own. And it's I'm also the author of um, of these books. And uh, this topic about differentiating yourself and about uh, about the, um, uh, about uh, niche marketing comes up um, in all three of them, actually. Um, so these are the 10 Truths, the 10 Truths Trilogy, as I call them, business books for, be for people who don't read. Business books for people who don't read business books, but should. Um, truth 7 of my second book is actually the title, the official title of this webinar, Great Growth Companies or Fun Businesses. Business that is fun has a clear niche and dominates it. And this is what I want to get out of today. What I want, what I want you to take away is the outcomes I want you to take away. I want you to all walk away enthusiastic and with at least one acting uh, action that you're committed to taking in your business around finding a clear niche and working that niche. And second, I want you to all leave with a greater appreciation about how important it is to be 
great at what you do as well as to be great at running your business. Because a lot of business owners, like you and I, like all of us, the great tradespeople or professionals, great plumbers or great, great soap makers, Melissa, <laughs> um, and, um, and and so we know a lot about our profession or our trade or our product, And um, but to be great small business owners and to build a fun business that sustains us for years to come, we have to have a solid understanding of all the key aspects um, of developing our business, all the key aspects of developing a business, not just, just not just your profession or your trade. It's not just being good at being a plumber or an architect. These are the key aspects um, of business that I believe we all wrestle with and have to face from time to time. Vision and purpose, planning, strategic thinking, goal setting, numbers, taking control of your business, financial management, profit. Um, what's that one? Oh, dear, money. <laughs> um, marketing, customers, sales, systemization, innovation, if you will. Um, your staff, leadership, and something I call the rhythm of business, the regularity of business, and all of that makes up fun. Getting on top of all of those is what makes a business fun. And it's like this. It's all too much to focus so if, well, I can focus on it's overwhelming and it's daunting and it's simply doing your head in. So before we go on, I'd uh, like you to go to your worksheet and on that third page, there's a third or a second, it might be the second page on the, of, the, of the worksheet, you see a question with some space underneath it that I'd like you to, uh, that I'd like you to answer, write the answer to the question that's printed there right now, this coming month, this, this, this time in your life as a business owner. What is the biggest challenge? that you face in your business, what's the one thing, the one thing that keeps you awake most of all? And then um, um, <laughs> I just love this picture anyway. Um, it's so uh, 2016. So write a moment, uh, take a moment and uh, write the answer to that question down on your worksheet and I will give you a minute or half a minute anyway. So let's get started. <clears throat> let's check in how everybody feels. How do you think, how do you feel about your niche? So let me pull up our poll. Poll, 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 poll. Audience poll. Get the right one. Purpose. Time management. Business planning. Yes, yes, one. Okay. So this is the poll that's for you to vote on to give us some sense of where you are, right? Um, there's five questions. When I think of my market, what I feel is a frustrated because I don't know where to focus my attention, be overwhelmed because I'm trying to be everything to everyone. Therefore, I'm not, <laughs> there's a lot of things I'm not to no one. Um, C, confused, because one moment I think I've worked out what my niche should be, but I don't want to say no to opportunities that might come my way. C, D, all of the above. It just depends on what time of the day you ask me or what day you ask me. And E, I'm excited because I know exactly 
who my narrow target market is, where they live, what they need, what they care about, and how to communicate with them. And they, and I have them all to myself. So vote now, vote early, vote often, A, B, C, D, or E. Frustrated, overwhelmed, confused, all of the above, or excited. Um, a couple of people have voted. Need a few more votes, please. Ah, good. Yes. Couple more. Vote now. Ah, yep. I think there's two more people that haven't voted yet. That must mean they're not listening. They're probably on Facebook. Are you on Facebook and you're not listening here? How dare you? Ah, there we go. Good. Right. Well, surprisingly, no one's voted E, excited. Of course, that doesn't happen very often. Um, no one's actually voted A either. Most people have got, we've got sort of an even split between B, C and D. Overwhelmed, confused and all of the above. Um, correct. Overwhelmed, confused and all of the above. Um, more or less, more or less equal to you. Um, and and no one's called D, and that, well, that's more or less what we expect, right? Because you know, um, <clears throat> no small business owners or prospective business owners have a marketing uh, policy that can best be described as keeping your fingers crossed. It's one of the one of my favorite management techniques, right? Managing by keeping your fingers crossed. It'll be all right on the night. We just hope that it comes out all right somehow. Well, no. Because the problem is this. If you're a large corporate beast, you can sell your stuff to large and varied markets. Woolworths and Coles, you know, Aldi, I mean, there's lots of them. We can, lots of examples we can come up with. Um, let's think of one from, uh, well, Walmart, for example. That's something from America. Um, uh, you know, they... they, they sell your stuff to large and varied markets. You know, Woolworths and Coles, Walmart, they, they direct themselves to families and to singles and to upper and local, uh, lower income groups and people in the city as well as in the suburbs. But when you're a small business, by the way, I just found out Costco, does everybody know Costco? Costco started selling coffins. Would you believe that? <laughs> I've got a client who's an undertaker who told me, wouldn't believe it, Costco started selling coffins. Anyway, um, uh, so, but, 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 but when you're a small business or a micro business, you simply can't do that. You can't direct yourself to everyone. It doesn't, it doesn't work. As they say, if you try to be all things to everyone, you'll end up being nothing to no one. So that's the first problem. And the second problem is that if you try to operate in a large market, you'll be fighting it out with a lot of com competitors. And the only one who enjoys that, of course, is the customer, because it means that everyone will be, cut, everyone will be cutting their prices all the time. The bottom line about niche marketing is this. Comp competing on price is a dog's game. It makes you feel like that. Competing on price means stress, sleepless nights, and low margins. Nobody wants to compete on price because there is always someone who will do it cheaper. Or there's always someone who will do it cheaper, and it plays havoc with your margins. And the best way to avoid having to compete on price is to have a really tight, defined niche. Ideally, a niche that you can have all to yourself and that you can dominate, a niche that you can own. And hence, what we're on this webinar for.
the purpose of this webinar. How can we go about finding a narrowly defined niche market that we become the specialists in so that we don't have to solely compete on price anymore? And the three principles, there's three principles. Um, the three key questions that I'm going to focus on in this webinar. It's what, who, and where. The three key aspects um, uh, about, yeah, the three key aspects of people, about people, that determine what our market will look like. One, who are the people that make up our market? Two, what problem that we what problem do we solve for those specific people? And three, where are those people? And some of you th thinking, yeah, yeah, that's all very well for someone who's about to start a business from scratch, but I've been operating my business for a while, and so I already have a market, and by de definition, because I've been selling stuff already, right? And that's, of course, true, you know, because most of us find ourselves in the market by accident. We've either, you know, taken an existing business over from a previous owner or, um, or we started our business somewhere and, and, and doing something that we happen to be particularly good at or get excited about. And, um, and, and hence, we've already had a couple of clients in the market from day one. And so we roll along doing more of what we've always done. Our recipe for, for, for success is, you know, this our belief that in ourselves and our vague notion that hmm, we'll be able to do it better than the other guys somehow. And like I said, it's uh, crossed fingers, right? <laughs> fingers crossed. From day to day, we keep our fingers crossed that the phone will keep ringing and we say yes to every inquiry that comes in the door because, well, you can't say no to a possible sale, right? A sale's a sale's a sale's a sale. A situation is equally it's equally applicable applicable to someone with a carpentry business as it is for a mortgage broker, as it is for a cafe or a fashion store, or someone who sells soap. Sorry, I can't help you, Melissa. <laughs> I'll try and pick on someone else. <laughs> and by the way, um, I also you know I also speak about the, about this thing, this same related way of looking at this in the, in the webinar on the purpose of business that I ran recently. And that, um, it's a couple of people in this call that have certainly webinar that, have, uh, that were there. So you might've heard me say somewhat similar things as well. So if you heard me say it before, um, well, sorry, but it's really important and it bears, um, and it bears uh, repeating in the context of thinking about niche marketing as well, because when you ask what we do and who uh, for who and what makes us special and interesting to our market, we say three things. We say we give great customer service for the great product and a great price. And you recognize saying that? I mean, you say it in some variation of that, but check in with yourself. In essence, is that what you would say if I asked you what make your business special or great? That you give great customer service with a great product and a great price? And as I suspect it is in some variation because most of us think about business that way. But please stop. Please stop. Think about it. Great products, great price, great customer service isn't much of a differentiator, really. It's not at all a differentiator because those three statements are not special enough. They don't offer enough value. Customers expect, expect good service, good quality, good price from everyone. As a minimum, if they didn't expect those, and if they didn't expect that, if they, sorry, if they didn't think that you were would be offering them those three things as a baseline, as a minimum, they wouldn't even be talking to you. 
And all your competitors say exactly, exactly the same thing. And if you and your competitors make the same promise to the same customer, then the customer will make a decision on price because it's the only factor that they can, they can, differentiate, that they can differentiate you and your competitors on. It's the only one that they can quickly look at. And so we're back at competing on price again, and that's what we want to stay well and truly away from, right? In small business, there's nothing worse than being forced to compete on price because there's always someone who's prepared to do it cheaper, as I said before. You cannot build a long-term sustainable small business based around being the cheapest. Let me repeat that. You cannot build a long-term sustainable small business based around the cheapest. You cannot. You cannot do it. It's really important to understand that. You cannot do it. It's You can do it for a little bit. You can do it for a week, you can do it for a month, maybe you can do it for a year, but you cannot do it for long term. Um, it just doesn't work in small business. <sighs> Don't get me wrong, we've all been there. It's one of those issues that keeps raising its head and it will do so probably until the day we die or we sell the business, whichever comes first. It's one of those perennial questions of business. You have to ask yourselves regularly, am I making a clearly defined promised promise to a clearly defined market and that's the basis of all market marketing what promise do we make to which specific group of customer customers and better than anyone else that's a niche and so we're going to delve a bit deeper in that question who is that specific group of customers well <laughs> don't you like one of those um <laughs> I think not even I, and I like bacon, and I do like donuts, but I'm not sure that I could have one of that. Um, so to, to avoid having to compete on price alone, we want to find a small niche market that we have a great product or service for, in which there are few, if any, competitors. Right? If we find such a niche, we can set out to dominate it, and dominating a niche is a recipe for building a long-term sustainable business. Uh, <laughs> deep fried. Deep fried bacon donuts is one such niche. This is another one. And as I said, I actually work with, a, I've actually got a client who's an undertaker. <laughs> He's looked very interestingly at the, interested at this picture. It's an expensive exercise to set one up, but um, it, he wouldn't have any com competition, would he? Would he? So, so we've, we've, we've a little get through here, but this is the essential question for, for today. How do we go about finding such a niche? Who, what, where questions there and <clears throat> who does not yeah, there's three essential questions who does not currently use my product or service but might what are all the factors that we and all our competitors already compete on with each other what are all the factors that we're all offering all the people that my customers are going to be talking to what are all the stuff? What's all the stuff that we're already doing? That we're all the same, and and that's I can go through millions of examples. But of course, if you're selling a plumbing service, then there's heaps of things that you and all your competitors, all your fellow plumbers, offer all of you at the same time. You're all offering the same. We can we can come in and unblock your toilet. We can do it twenty four seven. We can do it with um, we can do it 
on a Saturday, we uh, we uh, we do it for a good price. We do it, um, you know, all those kind of things. We can all we're all doing. We're fixing your emergency problems. You know, so we're all doing that already. So that's where that's the big crowded swimming pool where you're all swimming in the same pond. Try all trying to fish for the same fish. Twenty seven hooks in the same pond trying to catch one fish. So. <clears throat> What are all the factors that we and all our competitors already compete on with each other? And then which factors are none of us competing on? Which factors are none of us competing on? I'm going to talk through a few real-world examples to illustrate how you might change, change your thinking about your market and finding a niche and dominating it. This is a really great example, um, I think. And it's... Um, it's about the, the it's about the question the first question of those three who does not currently use my product or services but might and it's about it comes from a carpet cleaning uh, carpet cleaning company so let's assume that you own a carpet cleaning company business and your you know in your area has your area of, of the city wherever you are whatever place you are um, has heaps of carpet cleaners and they all offer more or less the same thing that's so that 75% of the inquiries you get from prospective new clients actually revolve around the question how much do you, do you charge per room? Right? The question drives you mad because you are only just making ends meet and it, as it is and having to be the cheapest all the time just isn't viable but you've got nothing else to offer people we, we arrive on time we do a really good job yeah well that's <laughs> All your competitors say the same thing. Anything that ends up being to, to the, the, the customer can compare on is the price per room, even. So it's it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, decide to do, you decide that something has to change. And together with your wife, you start having a look through your database of clients and jobs from the last three years. Now you're not exactly sure what you're looking for but you hope to find some sort of specific category of client or job that is either more profitable than the rest or more fun to do or it's easier or all of the above. And after really searching through that database of clients for three years, I mean, that's, you know, that's, um, that can be an enormous... I, mean, I did this exercise with a client a few years ago, right? Um, and so after... And it, yeah, it was a big job, but we found it. After an exhausting source of search, many evenings, your wife mentioned that she's come across a few really big 21st birthday party cleanups. 21st birthday party cleanups, and an idea comes to mind, right? <laughs> yes, the aftermath. Um, because you decided to create a special offering and expertise in preparation and preparation and cleanup before and after big parties, especially 18th and 21st. There can be massive, messy affairs, and a lot of anxiety goes along with them. So how about offering a package that includes preparing the carpets for a big party with a protective spray application and then coming back the day after the party to do a thorough clean to make the house smell like new again? A special package like this is actually not offered by anyone in your area and it addresses a great need. John and Mary's party cleaning is born. A unique product, the name is of course different, but it's, this is a real life story. Unique product and offering at a price level that you can make good profits on and best of all, 
prospective customers cannot compare on price because no one else offers the same service and your carpet cleaning business will never be the same again. And it wasn't ever the same again. Any questions at this point? Questions, questions, questions. Ah, Kent. Um, uh, Kate said, nice idea of the carpet cleaning business, but was the market big enough to build a boss, uh, business on it? Uh, well, uh, yeah, well, it's a great, yeah, great point, Kate. Um, so a couple of comments. First of all, um, you'd be surprised how many of these big 24th birthday, 21st birthday parties actually happen in, in big cities like, you know, Sydney or even Newcastle. Or, um, especially if you think of Newcastle as the central, central focus of the whole of the Hunter. But, um, uh, but I suppose the problem with a business such as this in Sydney or Newcastle might be that most people um, would organise their 21st birthday parties in the backyard for exactly the same reason that they don't want the house tracked. And in Sydney, of course, the weather is, is uh, usually pretty favourable. Maybe it's worth considering in Hobart. Um, and and the, to be fair, the business I did this with wasn't uh, wasn't in Sydney, but um, um, went through this exercise with wasn't in Sydney. But uh, but yeah, so it, but it, 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 it's it's um, it's a business that exists and it's uh, and it's doing exactly this. Now they they didn't end up making their whole business only about party cleaning. But it was a separate business that they offered as an add-on to their normal cleaning. So suddenly they had this whole arm of their business that did this party cleaning that made heaps of money, like as in triple the kind of profit that normal jobs did. And they had it to themselves and it was just, it was just, it was just beautiful. Um, and it allowed them uh, to be, uh, to be, to be much more discerning with their other work. They didn't have to take on anything and, and everything all the time. So it really changed their life. Um, and, and, but <clears throat> the one thing you've got to understand that this is an illustration at a point. Um, this was, this business was in a different country, but it's the illustration of the point. There's heaps and heaps of carpet cleaners out there. And if you don't want to have to compete on price, you know, sort of how much per room, You've got, to, you've got to find something special and different to make your niche out of. Does that um, answer the question, Kate? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. It's good. All right. Let's move on. Got a couple of examples, the other, uh, specifically about the other niche questions. Um. Also, this is actually also this is actually a um, it's also a real story, except it's not my personal expect, uh, experience, but um, from someone else. But so imagine that you own a bicycle bicycle store in a big city like Sydney. <clears throat> now, selling bicycles is a tough game these days because you know this competition from other retailers is fierce. Big box retailers, as you said, you know, big here in Australia, big big W and Kmart. Uh, um, they're muscling in and in America, uh, Walmart and, um, and in Europe, so the Carrefour's and those kind of big places. They're um, they're muscling in, and the internet is increasingly impacting traditional retail models as well. So, one day 
you realize that there's effectively no difference between the bikes, the pumps, and the bike shoes, and the, and the, and the, and the, the, the all the accessories that you sell, and the ones that are sold by your competition. They're, you're effectively all, effectively all selling the same things: two wheels, two a handlebar, a seat, and a frame, and and two pedals with gears or whatever. But it's really very little between a giant and a and a and a trek and a whatever. I mean, they're very similar kind of uh, beasts. Um, and so you and your com- competition are all fishing in the same pool, trying to catch exactly the same fish with the same bait. The only way forward is to create a new pond um, and attract enough of that fish away from the old pond to be able to enjoy the fishing. Again, an illustration for my book, second book. So you set about changing your approach to business completely. First, you look closely at all the factors you and your competitors fight over. That's price, range, convenience, friendly service, speed of delivery, connection with nature, sporting heroes, etc. And then you look at what other factors are that nobody competes on yet. And this leads you to the insight that the greatest opportunity for your business the greatest opportunity for your business lies in creating long-term customer loyalty through delivering truly out-of-the-box extraordinary, extraordinary service. Absolute peace of mind. So, for example, you decide to offer a lifetime free flat tyre repair. Also, you offer a no-questions-asked replacement guarantee for any bikes and products sold if the, the customer is dissatisfied with the product for whatever reason. You teach your staff that from now on, the word no will no longer be spoken in your shop. No more no. Suddenly you start, and suddenly you start attracting people to your store who just want to see with their own eyes that what they've heard is true. Nobody ever offered the lifetime free tire repair, for example. People are skeptical and they want to see if you're as good as you were. So you've clearly written procedures and policies available for everyone spelling out the unique promise um your store makes and suddenly your competition doesn't count anymore you have created your own fish pond and the fish are coming to you how do you like that that idea it's actually um uh in uh, this story came from um actually came from america there's um there's a bike store there it's really successful it's in america it's called zane cycles so all by owned by a a guy called chris zane and, um, and he does exactly what i just described and his store is incredibly successful. His business is incredibly, I think he's got yeah, quite a few stores now. Um, but the retail model into 2016 is fundamentally changed from even a few years ago. And, and what worked 10 or even five years ago simply doesn't work anymore. I, I know retailers who are pulling their hair out because customers are only using their shops as showrooms for the stuff that they go and buy online, right? They really do. Um, it's, it's happening all over the place. If you want to build a sustainable business around a retail model, you simply have to find unique offers, offerings that add extra value to the products you want to be selling. Uh, I actually think that in the age of high-speed mobile internet connections, there's little room for traditional retail models anymore. We can't hold back the tide. We really, we really can't. Um, time for one of the bedtime, business bedtime stories. Um, <clears throat> this is about a client of mine. It's a, it's a story of a net and, uh, and a catering business. So once upon a time, a long, long time ago in a country not unlike Australia, sit back and 
Imagine I'm tucking you into bed. In a country not unlike Australia, I had a client called Annette who had a catering business. And catering is a crowded market. Anybody who's ever cooked a nice dinner party or watched MasterChef has fantasised about starting a catering business of some sort. Annette was forever fighting off new competitors and finding it hard to grow and develop her business. And one of Annette's regular clients was an event organiser who put on a lot of corporate conferences and seminars. And Annette was supplying, uh, Annette supplied the catering for a number of these clients' events, but she was, she was always pressured to cut her margins as competitors tried to muscle in on the territory. So Annette needed a differentiator, and she needed it now. One day, she and her husband were, were talking about hosting a dinner party for their friends at home to celebrate five years of Annette's business, and while brainstorming over how to put the party together, Annette mentioned how much she always enjoyed preparing food together with friends, as well as eating it. And as those words came out of her mouth, a light just switched on in her brain. And that suddenly saw how she could offer a special type of entertaining combined with catering and team building activity for conferences, workshops and retreats. Conference participants would work with qualified chefs to prepare their own meals and then eat them together. And the next day, Annette rang, rang, rang her friend and put the concept to her. And two months later, Annette and her friend ran the first team cooking event for dinner at a two-day corporate retreat with 100 participants. Annette and her team had a ball putting aprons on, aprons on the delegates and teaching them how to cook. Um, and the response and the feedback from the client was phenomenal. Annette's, Annette's conference cook-off was born, and that week... Um, and it took off like a rocket, and very soon Annette was running these events all over the country, competing with the constant stream of newcomers in the event catering industry became an issue of the past. Annette has since launched a similar offering aimed at private parties and gatherings as well, actually. So next time you want to host a dinner party with a difference, look her up or send me an email. And the beauty of it is that Annette and thousands of conference delegates ate well and fresh and home-cooked, and they lived happily ever after. The end. Nice story, right? And there are a few lessons in the story, but not least, that it can take a while before you hit upon that idea that it'll make a difference. And that such an insight like the one Annette had can come at the most unexpected moment out of left field, but that you'll recognise it when it comes because it'll feel just like Annette described it, a light turning on, aha moment. So, what's come up from you, uh, for you, from everything that you've heard me talk about, the two example stories, the bedtime story, the principles, the questions, um, please type in any questions you have now or any comments or feedback, um, write them down on your own worksheet and or type them in the, you know, in the chat window. Um, and you've got space on your worksheet to write them down. I'm just going to get myself some more tea. <clears throat> Bet that sounds strange to through the microphone. <clears throat> so, moving on. Um, I'll give you my insights, my bullet points. 
First, I'll remind you that we talked about the fact that it is no longer good enough to say we deliver great customer service and great quality at a great price. Everybody says that customers expect those three as a minimum, and, uh, and if that's all you can offer, you'll spend your whole life being squeezed on your profit margins. Second, I suggest that the most effective approach to building long-term sustainable business success is to find a really narrow niche and create an opportunity to dominate that niche. Third, as you heard from Annette, the answer to how you can be how you can find a niche can come at the most unexpected moment out of nowhere. Um, sorry, that's too early. Fourth, um, and I've given you some um, really um, uh, some examples of some really narrow niches, um, and I've got some others. I mean, it's actually in my world. There's a there's a guy. Um, He's very successful. He's a marketing uh, marketing um, marketing guru, um, marketing coach, if you will. But he, his niche is business coaches. He works with no one else than with business coaches. You'd think it wouldn't be a very big business, but he does unbelievably well out of it. He's half the business coaches in uh, in Australia, and actually, he's gone to America. I mean, he's, he's everywhere. Um, Profit bail. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just see a spelling mistake. Um, yeah, he's really powerful, and it's a, such a narrow niche, and there ain't no one else who does that, who, who's in that niche. And I've, I've, I can give you other examples like that, but that's a beauty. Um, all right. A couple of bits of feedback from some people. Uh, Jim, Brisbane, thinks Jim, Jim. Uh, I'd love to get Nets contact details. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> send us an email and I'll send you a detail search, Jim. Obviously, she's not called in it. Um, Alicia in Sydney. What if you can't think of a special niche? Yeah, and um, I noticed a couple other people on this call who've had to who've struggled with that. Um, it can be really difficult, and in some cases, there simply isn't a market for your product or service if your business isn't selling advertising. Is your business? Is selling advertising in the yellow pages? You do. You're going to be struggling because the people people just don't use the yellow pages anymore. So sometimes you may have to rethink a lot more than just your market. You may also need to rethink your products or your services. The process is always going to be about the interplay of a market, a promise, and how you can make that money from that interplay. But I want you to encourage just not to give up too too easily, Alicia. It, it took Annette a few years, uh, it took me a few years before she came up with the special conference uh, cook-off package, and it took me a few years before I came up with my, um, where I'm uh, positioned. And it's and it changes too, actually. Um, but yeah, don't give up. Keep looking, keep asking yourself uh, what opportunities you can see on the horizon. It's, it's, it, but it's really that, those three questions um, uh, let me just. Uh, who is not who is not currently using my products, but could or should could? Um, what what uh, what are I or whatever we and our competitors all competing on already? What are we effectively all the same at? You know, with minor differences, but effectively all the same at. And third, what's this one thing? That one or more things that we're not competing on because we're not actually offering it. 
And you, you could be surprised where that somebody comes from. So let me tell you my story about niche marketing. I've, um, because I've struggled just as much as anybody else to find exactly what I do and who I do it for and what the problem is that I solve for those people. It actually took me years. But because there's so many people, there's so many people these days who call themselves business coaches, right? Um, business coaches become this term that anybody wants to use. You know, you know I've met accountants and psychologists who, who've started calling themselves business coaches. And it, it, it was a pretty slow process for me, quite gradual. It's like I was going around and around in a spiral and I tried all kinds of different niches. And in my early coaching days, I coached a friend of mine who was getting married through the, process, the whole process of getting married. And I thought, well, maybe I should make that my niche. I even had flyers designed and printed for wedding coaching. <laughs> Yeah. Needless to say, it didn't take off. But, you know, for over the years, I started getting closer and closer until now I've become quite clear. So this is my niche. And it's not a simple one to describe, but it's nevertheless quite, uh, quite, a, quite a narrowly defined one. So I work with small business owners, owners of small businesses. And I know what small business means for me. I only work with the owner of the business, a single owner, not a team, not a partnership, one person. It's about supporting people who want to make something happen in a short, defined period of time, six to 12 months, no more. And it's only about supporting people who started their business because they are so good at what they do. Tradespeople, professionals, experts. It's not about people who bought a business or a franchise who are importing stuff. And most importantly, it's about helping small business owners out of overwhelm and stress and into feeling proud, excited about themselves and their business again, by making business fun and building business that sustains them for years to come. So that's my niche. That's how I defined it. Now, so that's a lot of definition, right? It's not a nice, simple, I support women between 35 and 45 who want to change their career kind of niche. I wish my, uh, my business was as simply defined as that, but it isn't. But it's nevertheless clear enough. I know exactly who I'm talking to and who I'm not talking to. I know how to market myself and I know how to define what I do as different to anyone else. And when I finally found that clarity about four years ago, my life and my business have changed forever. That's, that's my story. Um, uh, uh, comment from Kate, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Kate says, thanks for that explanation. It's great to know that it doesn't all have to be all nice and simple always. Um, no, and, and that's right, it doesn't have to be. Um, Oh, yeah, I can go on about that, but um, the whole, you know, no, I won't. <laughs> but uh, the one thing I'm going to say is there is no one size fits all answer. But yeah, I don't even, I'm, no, I'm not going to go. <laughs> I can go on for it now. So, no, there's no one size fits all. Um, some people, um, you can be, you do funerals for bikies. That's great. If you have it that, that tight, that's lovely. Um, uh, comment from Melissa. Um, yes, I kind of imagined it had to be defined in one sentence. I can, I can be wordy. Great, yeah, <laughs> you can be as wordy as you like, Melissa. Absolutely. Um, what matters is the clarity. If you need a page to describe it exactly, like I just did for mine, that's great. If it, as long as it's clear to you who is and who isn't your niche, so you know who you're talking to, you don't have to. This is not for external consumption. It's not a, something that you have to necessarily put on the 
on your website, although <clears throat> it makes it easier. But if it's very clear to you who are the people, who are the people that you're selling your stuff to, and who aren't the people, that's just going to make it really easy for me. So much easier for me to make decisions about the business and where to go. Um, right, I'm glad that you you got that bit of usefulness out of this, Lisa. Um, so, great questions and comments. Um, soon we'll get into, in a moment, we'll get into actions and steps to take. But um, before we go there, as I said before, I want to give you some information on how to take that next step um, if you want to with me. Because in everything I, I do, I am committed to help small business owners out of that overwhelm that I talked about and into um, into having fun in business. So let's have a look at what causes those feelings of overwhelm for you. What is your most pressing issue? So remember, I asked you to focus and write down your most pressing issue, the biggest challenge in your business right now. Have another look at it. Remember? So is that biggest issue still your biggest issue? Or has something else come up for you by now? Check in with yourself. So, because here's the deal. I want to help you with that. I want to help you find the simplest, most practical, effective steps forward in relation to your most pressing issue, your biggest challenge. I want to make it as easy as possible for you to take the next step. And so this is what you're going to get. You're going to get to carry out. Um, you're going to get to carry out a really powerful business health check, and you'll get a simple and easy to understand written report on the state of health of your business across uh, uh, eleven different key aspects of business. You're going to get a hard copy of um, one of my books out of the 10 Truths series, probably the first one, 10, 10 Truths for Raising a Healthy, Bouncy Business, but that's whichever you prefer. You get to sit down for an hour with me to face-to-face, -face, an hour, an hour and a half, face-to-face -face or uh, via Skype or, or some other video link, one-on-one, -on -one, and gain great clarity and insight about where you are now, where you want to get to in your business, and you'll walk away with powerful, renewed focus um, one or more simple action steps that are going to start you moving past that big pressing issue and towards having more fun again. And all you have to do to get to get all of that is to make a $100 donation to the Wayside Chapel. Um, a couple of people on this webinar have already taken their offer up and um, um, they had great fun doing it and got a lot of value out of it. But $100 donation is truly the most fun and effective charity donation you've ever made in your life. Um, and um, and the offer is back on your work, on your worksheets as well with the web address for the Wayside Chapel. Um, but I'll give it to you again here. Um, it's actually, no, it's, on, it's easier. Uh, um, that link to the worksheets at the top of your worksheet page, tiny.cc forward slash market L page. That's at the top of your chat window here. That's got the, that page at the bottom has got all the details for this, that special offer and the donation details there as well. So um, moving along. I remind you of those insights, great product, price and services, not enough. Competing on price sucks. Find a narrow, deep niche and build a fun business. A niche can be found anywhere and a profitable niche can be really narrow. Let's take some action. Without action, ain't nothing going to change. Um, and don't forget the special resources. 
official resources on the landing page. There's lots of stuff, uh, more stuff to read on and videos to watch and all that kind of stuff. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to set some time aside. I want, to set you some I want you to set some time aside in the next few days to get into this. Be sure to do it because if you don't set some time aside to do something with what you've learned and the information I've given you today in the next few days, then coming on this webinar has been a waste of your time. Trust me on that. Um, plain and simple. The only thing that ultimately makes any difference is what actions you take. So go to the resources page, take the time, go and complete the overwhelm survey. You'll find that useful. Download the article, Blue Oceans and Empty Swimming Pools. But my experience in Italy. <laughs> um, uh, and then watch the slide, uh, watch the, um, watch the slide share presentation about uh, Blue Oceans. It's a great book called Blue Oceans. And download uh, the Find Your Niche Worksheet. And finally, I'm going to ask you to do something weird, and that's called scaling or relative scaling. It's actually a really powerful method to help people get unstuck or help people get find really small step actions that move a big project forward. So um, that's your scale, your master of the niche scale. And it's on your worksheet as well, I believe. And, it's, and, and 10 on the scale is that you are totally clear about your niche. And you're working your niche like a little gold mine and zero is the opposite. What number would you give yourself on that scale? Next, ask yourself the question, what do I need to do this coming week to move one small increment up my master of niche scale, of the niche scale? What, what is one specific action I can take to move one small incre increment up my master of the niche scale? So, for example, from 6 to 6.1, right? Whatever one small increment is for you. Now, get your diary out and book that one specific action or actions in your diary next week. Really, do this. Finally, ask yourself that same question next week. It's all the secret. The secret in all of this is to actually block, block out half an hour or 10 minutes or 15 minutes or an hour in your diary to actually do this. It's just, it's so simple, but it will change your life. You do that every week and you won't believe the difference it will make. And these, these key questions, who does not currently use my products or services but might? What are all the factors that we and all our competitors already compete on with each other? And on which factors are none of us competing? And those three questions actually come from that book called Blue Ocean Strategy, which I mentioned just before in the list of things that you can download. There's a, so there's a summary of that book in the downloads. Um, and that's really, those three questions is the, dist the distillation of that whole book, you know, if you will. Some great stories in that book about, um, uh, it's a great story in that book about the Cirque du Soleil. Has anybody ever been to Cirque du Soleil? Well, it's been around a long time now, and it's come from Canada. But when they, those guys started the Cirque du Soleil, and they were, people said, you're mad. Circuses, there's two circus companies in, the North, in North America that have, that have got the market sewn up. And um, and you guys want to start a circus and, you, and they're all making they're not making any money they're all going bankrupt and you want to start a third circus in that market and they said yes well that's right but, but, but that's because what we want to do doesn't actually compete with the circuses it competes with something entirely different competes with opera and theatre and that kind of stuff and they were right they totally created a new market a new new a new niche 
Uh, and those old circus companies are still around and they're even closer to bankruptcy now, but Circus LA has just taken off, right? And it's, a, it's a beautiful story about finding your niche. And answering those three questions, which of those, which factors are none of us competing? Um, so as I said, go make some time available. Um, don't forget the special offer. It's truly the best offer you'll get to take a significant step forward. Um, it's the best deal you've, you've had all year. Get a step closer to having fun in business and the Wayside Chapel is going to love you too. Any other questions? Any last questions? And if you take nothing else away from this webinar, remind yourself of those three questions. Keep asking yourself those three questions. Talk about those three questions with your friends and your mentors and your partners and your key people, your spouse and your cat and your dog. Keep asking those three questions over and all over and you will find, you will get it. And when you do, your life will change. I promise you. Thank you. I will stop the recording now.